0: Hi guys, thanks for joining us and welcome to episode one, season one of an expertise-led podcast on all things psychosocial safety, well-being, healthy culture and mental health. So today we're going to talk about psychosocial hazards and psychosocial risks and what exactly the difference between a hazard and a risk is and what psychosocial safety actually is. There's a lot of confusing terminology and interchangeable t- terminology used out there. Um, so things like psychos- psychosocial safety, psychosocial risk, psychological safety, mental health, well-being, men- healthy cultures are all interchangeably used. These are actually quite distinct construct and the reason it's important to um, understand that is because they all d- require different fixes to them, and they actually are required to be done in a specific order in order to be able to implement successfully and see sustainable changes. So first off, we're going to talk about psychological safety and psychosocial safety. Now, psychological safety has been made famous by Amy Edmondson. Um, and it really came about out of the work from 1940s to 60s on workplace engagement. So Amy Edmondson was lucky enough when she was doing her research on how team dynamics within the workplace resulted in perfor- high performance, quality performance for um workplaces was about the time the internet was taking off so thanks to social media and the internet and um, all the great avenues it offers psychological safety became the buzzword now psychological safety is not the same as psychosocial safety at all so psychological safety very briefly is about team dynamics and that's all it is so it's about the safety within teams of speaking up um and raising ideas feeling safe to raise ideas talk about things making mistakes and it's just a safe environment and group interactions to basically trial and error solutions so that's what psychological safety actually is and it's that specific construct and that's all it is now the legal requirements within workplaces that all workplaces have to manage and mitigate and ideally prevent is psychosocial safety so the only legal requirement in the mental health um, wheelhouse is actually psychosocial safety and that comes from managing psychosocial hazards and risks so psychosocial hazards come from all psychological aspects within the workplace and that have to do with social interaction and psychological chronic stresses that arise within the workplace and that is the legal requirement that every workplace has to do regardless of how big or how small they are so the psychosocial hazards within a workplace can come from chronic stresses like um that cause psychological stress, such as high workloads, changing goals, um, physical work design of ergonomics of your work area, having monotonous work. So those are chronic stresses. Those are psychological stresses within the workplace. So that's part of the legal requirements in having to eliminate and mitigate. Now psychosocial, the social aspect of it is the social interaction within the workplace. So things like toxic um, leadership, bullying within workplaces, sexual harassment, all those, the social factors that, uh, that lead to psychological harm. All those factors are what the social, psychosocial part of it is. And in combination, so basically your work environment as well as the social interactions within that work environment, that's what the legal obligation is for workplaces to ideally eliminate. And if it, if they can't, then to mitigate. Now, when we talk about reasonably foreseeable, we have to talk about the qualifications of the person who's implementing these psychosocial aspects. Because the legal requirement is that people need to have expertise for what they're looking at. Because if you don't, then you're not going to be able to reasonably foreseeable foresee things that you should be able to see as a trained practitioner. And Particularly for the psychosocial aspects of it, um, this requires organizational psychological training, and that means tertiary qualifications, as well as health and safety risk management qualifications, tertiary qualifications. So two or four day um, ISO um, 45003 training does not lead to the requirements for psychosocial risk management. Um, and if you think about it, it makes sense. This is a high risk activity. We're basically talking about the mental health of employees. So it's not one of those things that you can just um, dabble in or I have a passion for. So I'm chasing. It isn't one of those things. These are high risk activities and it requires tertiary qualifications to know what you're looking at, to know what to do about it and to know how to see if it's getting better or worse. So that's what reasonably foreseeable means. So just because an individual doesn't reasonably foresee it does not mean it's okay to not manage it or not to eliminate it. So the test for this really comes when an auditor comes in or an investigator comes in and something's gone wrong and they go, "Okay, well, who implemented this and who set up the strategy and who's looking after it? Now, you say to that investigator, well, I am, but I have no qualifications, but I googled it a whole lot and went to a two-day course. It's not going to go well for the company, for that person, or the people, employees within the company that are being um, supposedly supported by it. So the legislation uses words like expertise and reasonably foreseeable, And the test is done by an investigator or auditor who will look for qualifications, tertiary qualifications, because this is a high risk area. And because we're talking about psychological as well as risk management, it requires the dual qualifications of organizational psychology, as well as health and safety specific risk management. And that's what reasonably foreseeable means in in managing and working within the field of psychosocial risk management. So what is the difference between a hazard and a risk? Well, a hazard is anything that has the potential to cause harm. So when we're talking about workplace psychosocial hazard management, it literally could be anything every single individual and every single bit of equipment or machinery and the way the site itself is and exists is a source of harm in the right conditions a building could be a source of harm because it's not been maintained and therefore it's, cr- it's crumbling so the building becomes the hazard people are always a hazard so anything that has a potential for harm something doesn't have had to have happened Um, So it doesn't need to be an incident that's happened or an accident that's happened. It is anything with a potential for harm. So anything within the workplace for psychosocial risk management is a hazard. And again, this will come down to qualifications. Being able to identify things that need to be mitigated and things that don't will come down to that knowledge base. And if you don't have it, you're not going to be able to do it. So this is why qualifications in this field are so crucial you can't just dabble your way around it so if hazards hazards are things that have a potential for harm so every single individual has a potential for psychological harm they could bully other people they could sexually harass other people their work could be subpar and therefore other people have to pick up that workload which causes burnout for other people and a domino effect it could be that person not being trained adequately and therefore they're making a lot of risks which is causing a lot of downhill errors for other people to fix Um, So these are all hazards. The person in a multitude of ways is a hazard for psychosocial um, risk to other people. So a hazard is anything with a potential for harm. Now risks are when that harm happens. So the psychosocial hazard could be a bad boss, because they're ill tempered, they're short tempered, they're not very good at their job. They're, um, they're under high workload themselves, they're not very um, good at communicating with people. So the hazard is the bad leadership, the risk is all the effects that bad leadership could have. So things like Um, reducing someone to tears, that would be bullying. If that person, if the bad leadership was sexually harassing someone else, the risk is sexual harassment, the risk is bullying, the risk could be high workload if they're unfairly targeting people. So the hazard is the bad boss. And the risk is the high load from that person targeting someone, or the risk is bullying from somebody bullying someone, or the risk is sexual harassment, should they sexually harass someone so hazards and risks are not the same thing and hazards can one single hazard can have a multitude of risks associated with it so one hazard can have numerous risks associated with it and again this comes down to managing psychosocial risks because you have to know the difference in order to have a register in order to identify risks in order to manage those risks so there's a lot involved there's a lot of foundational knowledge involved it's not about lists and tick boxes that's not how you manage psychosocial risks or any other risks at all and so again it comes down to expertise which comes down to qualifications because if you don't have those you're not going to be able to reasonably foresee things and if you don't that's where things go wrong investigators come in and they're going to ask you for evidence of your expertise which will be qualifications So hazards are anything with the potential to do harm for psychosocial um, risk management. So people, buildings, equipment, working conditions, working hours, um, policies, procedures, all of those things are hazards. Risks are the outcome of those hazards when something happens. So for people, it could be bullying, harassment, incivility, um, abuse for buildings, it could be dark workplaces, badly lit workplaces, um, bad ergonomics, it could be any of those things. For equipment, it could be out out of date equipment that causes injury, it could be badly maintained. equipment so there is some overlap with physical hazards and risk as well Um, so risks and hazards need to be identified in order to eliminate and mitigate them and unless you've got the right cycle organizational psychology background, you're not going to be able to reasonably foresee them. And unless you've got the health and safety specific risk management background, you're not going to be able to control and monitor those controls on deviation. So very important, distinguish health, um, psychosocial hazards and psychosocial risks, and then we need to mitigate and eliminate by law, you need to eliminate first and then mitigate where it's not reasonably um, practicable to do so. So the p- first thing we have to do is plan for a psychosocial risk management. So this means things like raising awareness within the workplace, communicating the needs within the workplaces, setting your measures, setting your policies and your procedures, um, letting everyone know what they are, people should know how to report things and where to find things, incident report, and all those kinds of things. So after that, we need to identify our actual risks. So this this doesn't come from a list of things and we tick box whether we think they're there or not. Tick boxes starting with a list of things is very dangerous because what it does is blind you to all the other factors that it could be those lists that you can get off websites are just a guide to help you think of the kind of things they could be but nobody should start their risk identification with a list. There should be a qualified person assessing the workplace identifying psychosocial risks within that work environment and each department and each site and each premises is going to be different even the same company with two different sites is is going to have different psychosocial risks and within the same site within different departments there's going to be different psychosocial risks so you should never start with a list you should always start with a qualified person identifying risks based on the premises the equipment the people the tasks the durations the Processes of doing things, that's what you start with when you do risk IDs, not lists. Lists are just to give you examples of things that it could be. So once you've identified your risks, you need to think about how you're going to control for them, put measures in place to eliminate them, and where it's not reasonably practicable. Again, you need to be a qualified psychosocial organisational person as well as a health and safety specific risk management person to be able to put those controls in place. So controls are not just um, job design. Job design is not a harm prevention tool. It's an engagement harm anticipation tool. So harm prevention is what the legal requirement is. And putting the controls in place is where you put harm prevention in place. So for example, if we talk about bullying being the psychosocial risk, Elimination means elimination. When workplaces have policies in place that say come and report it to us when that happens, that's not eliminating the bullying, that's waiting for it to happen and then reacting to it. So that doesn't meet the legislative requirements. Now if we're talking about harm prevention which is what legally workplaces have to do first, for example a lot of bullying is actually yes they are nasty people that have gotten away with bad behavior. But a lot of the time, it's actually stresses within the workplace that people are reacting to. So for example, if someone has a high workload, and they just can't cope, they may react to that high stress by incivility and bullying and harassment towards somebody else, because they're powerless to control that workload themselves. So they take it out on somebody else. And that's sometimes and quite often what workplace bullying actually comes from so the harm prevention is actually in that case recognizing that it's high workload and addressing that factor there of how to reduce that workload and then fix or rather in parallel fix the bullying with policies with awareness with training um with self-management tools so that is for an An example of of harm prevention for bullying so report bullying when it happens is not harm prevention and the workplace is not meeting its legal requirements if that's what their policy is so it's about harm prevention and again if you're not psychologically trained and you don't have risk management qualifications you're not going to be able to recognize that bullying is coming from a high workload and you're not going to be able to put controls in place because you don't have that risk management expertise. And again this is where the test of the investigator or auditor is going to um, find fault should anything happen within the workplace. So once you put your controls in place, you need to monitor them. If you have the right controls in place, then the risks should go down and the incidences of bullying, for example, should go down. If you don't have the right controls in place, then the then either the bullying will get worse or the bullying will remain the same. And again, this is why you need health and safety risk management qualifications to know what that looks like well before it happens. And then no risk management is a static process, you don't just do it once. And that's the end of it, write some policies and have a risk um, hazard register. And that's the end of the journey. This is an ongoing process. So there need to be internal audits at regular bases to maintain the controls to check on the risks, to check on the hazards to see the right things are in place. And they all have to be done at different frequencies depending on what you're looking at. So again, very important to be qualified and two-day workshops and Google just does not give you the skills you need to be able to do this. So you need to know when to change and modify the controls, you need to know how to implement risk management, you know how to you need to know how to differentiate between hazards and risks and identify them. And it's all of those things done in a continual cycle for the life of the organization. That's what psychosocial risk management really is. So before we close off for today, I just want to reiterate, psychosocial health does not mean well being. So psychosocial safety, the legal requirement of eliminating and mitigating sources of psychological and social distress and chronic harm within the workplace is not the same as well being. So well being initiatives that have to be built on top of psychosocial safety initiatives so and they can only be successful well being is only sustained after the harm is mitigated. So there's absolutely no point and nothing is sustained and employee mental health is not supported throwing all the resources into wellbeing initiatives if the psychosocial harms are not first removed. And we'll talk a little bit about that in our next podcast. So psychosocial safety doesn't result in wellbeing they're not the same thing. Well-being has to be built differently. And well-being is not mental health. And we'll talk about that in a later podcast as well. So mental health has several components that must be done in a specific order to achieve mental health. So psychosocial safety, psychological safety, well-being and mental health are all very very different animals that require very different fixes and very different management of each of those and in the different podcasts we're going to talk about what those things are we're also going to talk about harm prevention versus anticipation versus reaction in upcoming podcasts so harm prevention is stopping bullying from happening Harm anticipation is just a list of things that you think could be harmful within the workplace. You don't know if they actually exist or you, they don't exist. You don't know which ones are really bad, which ones are okay. That's anticipation. So things like work design are really harm anticipation. They're not harm prevention. And then there's reaction, where you basically wait for incident reporting before you do anything about it, such as sexual um, harassment or bullying. So those things do not meet the legal requirements of psychosocial risk management. Another thing we're going to discuss is how harm prevention is up to 80% more effective than either anticipation or reaction, which saves significant Um, mental distress for employees and save significant revenue for businesses as well so thanks for joining us I'll be back again for the next podcast Um, I hope you got some useful things out of this session and we will be back soon